Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode number 52. We're back down to earth with a massive bang as hearts are out of the Premier Sports Cup after a 3-2 loss to Celtic at Parkhead. As ever, I am one of your hosts, Daniel McIver. To go through the game with me, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Adam Kennedy. Adam, how are you doing? Ah. Oh. Brilliant mate, absolutely ecstatic Can't wait to be talking about that abysmal, pathetic performance What about you? I'm doing good uh, I've had a week off work, I had my birthday uh, I've, I'm doing alright, i got the new third kit As you can see, you can't see on it But it's got Boys 10 on the back Because I'm just a sad person that represents the people that come on the podcast um, But yeah, I'm actually doing alright But yes as Adam has explained, and as I mentioned in the intro, it did not go well for Hearts at the weekend in the Premier Sports Cup. But before we get to that, we'll do the Around the Grounds feature where I'll let you know how everybody else got on, if you can care, because let's be honest, we're out of the competition now. Who cares what happens as long as Hibs don't win it? That is the attitude for every Hearts fan now. However, on Friday night, Rangers kind of got over their defeat in Europe with an Absolute battering of Dunfermline 5-0. Then Livingston won 4-3 on penalties against St Mirren after drawing one all. Dundee defeated Motherwell. Ayr almost got a result against Premiership Dundee United. However, Dundee United did win 4-3 on pens as they went through after 90 minutes one all. Then, on our day, Hibs comfortably beat Kilmarnock 2-0. Our broth almost, as like I said with Ayr, nearly knocked out Premiership opposition. However, St Johnson managed to win 3-2 on penalties. Wraith were the side to knock out Premiership opposition as they defeated Aberdeen who at the very end of the game were down to nine men and finally Hearts lost 3-2 at Parkhead. Before we speak about our game Adam, did you see much of the other games? Are there any results to you that stand out there? What did you think of the weekend? Um, I didn't really see a, a lot of the other games. I, I, I think there needs to be more, like there needs to be some sort of like League Cup highlight show. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't... I, can't assume that there's one on Premier Sports and I'm assuming they're the only ones that have got the rights to the competition so that's pretty poor but maybe it's just a case of scrolling through YouTube and, and catching all of them but um, I'm a surprised I'm surprised by Aberdeen getting knocked out by Wraith Rovers um, surprised to see Air United take Dundee United to Pens but not as surprised as I was with our both taking St Johnston to Pens Um but ultimately, I think Wraith Rovers were the only real scalp, to be honest. Maybe maybe Livingston at home at St Mirren. Um, but in terms of the draw as well, it looks pretty routine, doesn't it? I mean, both the old firm are going to go through. Hibs will probably go through. Um, and Dundee St Johnston is the only one that's really tricky to call. So, so yeah, what, what's your thoughts? 100%. I, I also have seen quite little. I saw... Some of the Wraith Aberdeen highlights, um, as I said, obviously Aberdeen were down nine men in the last few games and uh, last few minutes, sorry, and it was down to injuries. I can't remember the other person, but Johnny Hayes took quite a bad injury on the plastic pitch, and he definitely won't be available for our game that we'll speak about at the end of the podcast this weekend. Uh, it's obviously an, an amazing result for Wraith, especially to come back one now. I know that Aberdeen were down nine men, but still, like it is still a lower league side knocking out one of the big. Six kind of thing in Scotland. Dario Zanatta scoring the winner as well. Did not exactly. see that, and I thought that was no. a, a pretty bang average signing. To be honest, I saw Dario Zanatta 
um, play against Pennycook Athletic. Was it the season season before last in the cup? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Through at Far Hill, and he was genuinely appalling. Um, and I know that he's had a spell at air, and now he seems to be kicking on at Rovers. So best of luck to him. But yeah, I, really poor for Aberdeen. So hopefully we can take advantage of that this weekend. One hundred percent. However. We'll get to what everybody wants to hear about. Hearts travelled through to Glasgow. Nobody to wants to hear about that. That's true, actually. That is true. We'll see you next week, where we'll hopefully have <laughs> defeated Aberdeen. Um, so, yeah, Hearts travelled through to Glasgow to face. Ange Postacoglu's kind of new-look Celtic. Added a few more names in. Starting to get a new system. Of course, we beat them in the opening league game at Tynecastle. Hearts fans went in... I wouldn't say confident, because you can never be confident going through to Glasgow to face either of the old firm. However, perhaps with a bit more confidence than we're used to, considering the fact we've been off to such a good start this season and Celtic haven't looked like the Celtic that we've seen over the last decade or so. The team's come out. It is pretty clear that there's a change in system and there's some notable omissions. I will go through the team. The only real change was that Josh Janelli dropped out. And we went with a midfield three, as of course Kingsley replaced him, who's back from illness now. And it meant that Cochrane went back out to left wing back. Kingsley into the three. Smith right wing back. And then a midfield three of Halliday, Benny and Herring. And then what, as I'm looking here at BBC Sport, is seeing a two of Boyce and Mackay Stephen. I think looking at it, it was kind of like a one-one. It looked like um, Boyce and Mackay in front of each other. What did you think of the team when you saw it? Obviously, the omissions were due to Nandwale not being in the squad at all, who Nielsen has confirmed was going to start in a two with Boyce. However, unfortunately, there's been a family emergency. Obviously, we here hope everything is okay with Nandwale and that he'll hopefully be back in the squad for this weekend. But if not, just that he and his family members are okay. And secondly, that Janelli had an illness, um, nondescript, of course, not COVID, but he wasn't ready to get 90 minutes. So those were two enforced changes. But looking at it, what did you think? Um, I'd sort of voiced my concerns with regards to the, the 11 in a group chat with my closest pals. And I had messages like, I I said I wasn't too happy with the team. Um, I had messages coming back saying like, don't see what's wrong with it. Um, why, why the negativity? And, and, and to be honest... It transpired exactly how I sort of expected it to. Um, I also had folks saying, oh, it seems as though Nielsen's going for it. I, I didn't get that impression at all. To me, I, I looked at those names and assumed exactly the same as you, that it'd be a 5-3-2. We'd sit in, look to counter, but how can we counter when one of the, sort of the key components of us countering is Josh Janelli's pace? And ultimately, he's on the bench. So, I, I, I didn't know. I, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I, I thought I, I was pessimistic going into it. And, you know, a 5-3-1-1. It just... I didn't... You're just, you're just asking for it. Totally asking for it. If it had been a 5-2-3... I could at least see that that could transpire into a 3-4-3 in possession, like we've been accustomed to seeing. But Liam Boyce being supported by Gary Mackay-Steven, 
it didn't fill me with confidence. And that's nothing. That's not a slight on either of them. It's just more so the midfield, the fact that we haven't played that formation before, and we're up against a side that are scoring goals for fun. I think that's very, very fair. Um, the personnel was never really in question. Because, um, for example, most of that team has played in the previous 12 games, but particularly the last six games um, of our run that we've been on, Benny is the only real new person who has come into that. So I don't think anybody had any questions about the personnel. It was good that Kingsley's back in, fantastic. The only personnel that was key in missing out was Ginelli. Now, we're going to dissect the game in a bit of a different way. I, I don't really want to go through it individual moment. I want to go through it half by half because I think that's You could be here all day if you had individual moments. I mean, their, exactly. their chances alone. I mean, Jesus. I watched the highlights just before we came back on. Lucky if there's three for Hearts and two of them yeah. are goals. Yeah, exactly. Um, but before I get into that, I think I wanted to mention that I felt was quite key when we found out that Robbie said Nandalee was going to be starting. Clearly, Nandalee was going to be starting in a two with Boyce either alongside him in that two or Boyce slightly deeper and the game plan was clearly going to consist in sitting back like we were doing and the defence, particularly the three centre-halves, whoever it was that ended up with the ball, would send it long up to Nandwili as like a big, just big guy holding it up and then hopefully allowing Boyce and GMS and whoever else is around and Benny if he wants to go forward, Halliday if he wants to go forward to then push up Obviously, that changed. Now, if you, anyone who is listening to us just now has been a kind of longer listener, a complaint that we had last season, in particular, was that Robbie would often have a system in his head and play that regardless of the personnel. So we saw it last season with the four-two-three-one when we didn't have Janelli through injury. We would just play Craig Whiten out on the right-hand side when it was clearly not working. However, Robbie wanted to play that system. And Hearts fans were screaming, going, if you don't have the personnel that works with that system, change the system. Now, obviously, he had changed the system anyway because, as you correctly said, we've been used to this 3-4-3 that transitions into a 5, but is primarily a 3-4-3. Do you feel that Robbie has, again, just kind of went, right, I don't have Nandwili, but I'm just going to go with the same system even though he's not in it, despite it clearly not working from the get-go? Um, not really because I feel as though if he was going to stick to formations then he would stick to that 3-4-3 stroke 5-2-3 despite not having the personnel I think it speaks volumes that all it takes is for Gary Mackay Stephen or in this case Josh Janelli to be absent and all of a sudden we have to revert yet again you know you said it even I think it might have been a pod or two ago that John Souter is so crucial to the system. Liam Boyce is so crucial to the system. Now we're finally discovering that either wide player is crucial to the system. Mm -hmm. But yet... (laughs) This is going to sound bizarre. We haven't rushed out to sign anybody. And I'm a big fan of that approach because obviously taking our time, it looks as though we're trying to, you know, uncover some hidden gems but we're still lacking in personnel and the seasons began. So, mm-hmm. as much as Benny... I'm just going to call him Benny. I, I, I'm going to fluctuate between his surname. I, I know that for a fact, so I'll just go with Benny. 
I know that Benny's obviously a, a coup, or appears to be a coup, um, and it's taken a while. I'm more than willing to wait if all of our signings are of the same calibre as him. However, I think it's time that we sort of up the ante to an extent, and Sunday was proof of that for me. No ma- Despite, you know, we'll obviously talk about the setup and whatnot. This formation is only a couple injuries away from disaster, and that was proven with obviously switching shape and one that we haven't played all season. So the game does begin, and immediately it's evident whether it's a system issue or just a tactical issue in the sense of I know that's the same thing as a system issue, I just mean in terms of instructions. We are sitting insanely deep. Whenever Celtic get the ball, there's roughly 10 players, including Craig Gordon, in our own half. And then either Boyce or GMS, either just on the outskirts into their half or all 11 of our players are in our half. It was the latter, mate. Yeah. Especially because in the first five minutes, I actually think Boyce was pushing up a bit, but he just kind of realises... He's on a hang to nothing. Yeah, ultimately, exactly. And I, I felt for Liam Boyce to be honest at the weekend because for mm. me, a centre forward's only as decent as the service that he gets. And everybody was crying for an out ball because there was literally none. I think you could count on a hand how many times a Hearts player was in possession inside the Celtic calf in that first forty-five minutes. And even then, yeah. I think you'd be lucky to get all five fingers up. That's I do like. 100%. It was it was genuinely ridiculous, and I see lots of comparisons to the the COVID Cup final. You know, we also tried a five three two that day, if my memory mm-hmm. serves me. And Jamie Walker was was one of the central midfielders. Yep. Like, do we not learn our lessons from these type of ordeals? Like, Walker's not a central midfield player, and I, I, again, it's like Gary Mackay Stevens not a centre forward. So I don't, I don't get why, if we are going to the shape... Like, December was the last time we played the shape, and we played it wrongly. And yet, mm-hmm. here, we're trying exactly the same thing. And again, playing it wrongly, because like you said earlier, and that we keep alluding to, we do not have the personnel to suit a 5-3-2. It's only a 5-2-3 when everybody's fully fit. Because yeah. well, the squad's wafer thin, and we need bodies. So, it's... It's been brilliant, the pods that we're not, you know, going through a handful of random signings, some absolute duds that they'll no doubt turn into. It's great that we're taking our time, but let's up the ante a wee bit. I mean, two weeks is all we've got left, and that might seem like a while, but that will fly in. I'm, I'm that confident of it. Well, it was kind of just the same thing for the entire 45 minutes. It was... Hart sitting deep, defending, how it tended to be getting the ball and just punting it either out of play or up to the Celtic back line who would bring the ball back and he would start playing it again. It was unbelievable. It was one of the like most defensive performances I can remember seeing. And that can sometimes sound that can sometimes be a positive where you're defending for your lives, you're jumping in front of everything and you're kind of getting motivation from it and being like, this is going really well. That wasn't what that was. What that was, was surrendering the ball completely and going, 
we just need to get to half time nil nil. Now I saw some people say to me, "Well, you were fine with that at home because you surrendered a lot of the ball at home." And I was like, "One hundred percent, definitely. We surrendered the ball entirely in their half. We didn't care if they had it in their half." And then in the first third of our half, or even the first half of our half. But as soon as they took a step forward into our final third, we would hit them, we would push them back, and they'd have to go back. That is not what we did on Sunday. What we did was just let them have it wherever they wanted at all times and just go, this'll be fine, this'll be fine, maybe. We've got Craig Gordon, we're keeping a flat back five. We just have to hope. And what actually kept us nil-nil until the 29th minute wasn't our defensive abilities. It was Craig Gordon and the fact that they were just missing massive chances. They were. And it's it's funny what you talked about with Tynecastle and Celtic Park. I'm not a fan of letting quality players have the ball, generally, mm-hmm. because you're asking to be punished. Yet... I can kind of give them some sort of leeway for it being the case at Tynecastle because it's that close. You know, Tynecastle's mm-hmm. a small park. Parkhead is enormous, absolutely massive. So there's no way that you can restrict. Know, yeah, there's no way that you can sort of cage them in. I don't quite know the right phrase, but you know exactly what I'm alluding to. There's no way that you can box them in and restrict space because it's a massive, massive park. But yet, that seemed our only game plan from the off. And it's something I can't fathom given Robbie Nielsen has come under criticism time and time again for this exact thing. Well, I think it was Craig Fowler who said, in the weirdest possible way, a team that has stayed entirely in their own half has somehow conceded the goal on the counter-attack. However... That is what happened. Uh, a long ball up from Craig Gordon was won by Celtic. And then, listen, it is evident in the last couple of weeks that Furihashi for Celtic is going to be a fantastic signing for them. He's clearly a it very good player. It won't be there long, hopefully. 100%. He's going to get bought by a bigger club. Um, it gets played to him, and he just played, with outside his foot, just plays this incredible ball across our line, all the way up to James Forrest. Alex Cochran does incredibly well to stop the shot and shield him and show him the byline. But Forrest cuts across to Edward, who passes it into the net. At that point, it could have been 6-0, so the fact it was only 1-0 was actually an achievement. I wanted to raise something here that I actually hadn't been paying attention to when it happened, because I was just too annoyed. My dad raised this. Halkett is unforgivable in this situation because... Thank Listen, God. we've been praising Halkett the last few weeks. In this, in the back three, in the centre back three, he has looked fantastic. And this you game particularly with that St Mirren performance. And quite rightly so, I might add. But you're absolutely bang on. Because John Souter and I think even Sting, Stephen Kingsley comes over. They're both yeah. focusing on the ball. <laughs> Halkett and Edward are virtually side by side. Mm-hmm. Even odds on Edward, who can't be or seemingly cannot be arsed for the vast majority of the time, outpaces Craig Halkett to get into the box. And you're right, it's a gorgeous ball from Furuhashi. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. And it, out to James Forrest is virtually inch perfect. Cochrane does all he can. Yeah. But Edward, like, how can stick with a runner? It's like, not even that he doesn't stick with a runner. 
It's that, as you said there, Edward does outpace him. But I use quotation marks there because it's so Halkett stops. Halkett stops at one point. Halkett literally just kind of stops in midair and then just starts jogging after him. Seeing that situation, because that's nothing to do with... Listen, it's clear that Steve, um, John Suter is a better footballer than Craig Halkett, right? You could also make that case for Stephen Kingsley. That's not what that was. That has nothing to do with Craig Halkett as a football player. That has nothing to do with Craig Halkett as, like, where is he tactically and stuff like that. That is Craig Halkett as an athlete not being arsed to sprint back to stop a goal-scoring opportunity. And that's something that you can't forgive. You can forgive somebody not being technically good on the ball. You can forget somebody potentially dropping out a system that then knackers it. You can be like, oh, for God's sake, keep your system. But just not being bothered to run at full pace that that's like it is just unforgivable do you think it's a lapse of concentration or do you think it is just generally but you know this is where this is where i'm having debates in my own mind is this a mindset thing which comes from robbie and how it thinks do you know what it's only a matter of time before they score anyway really or i don't think is it, it is just a because... case of a lapse of concentration because for me I'm looking at it thinking, I know Odson Edward has been off the boil and come under criticism from Celtic fans for a long time. That does not excuse the fact that time and time again, he has punished us. I think we must be his most scored against the club. It honestly would not surprise me. Probably. And the fact that even if he's coming off that bad season, you know, he's at the heart of speculation and transfer talk for a reason. You know, I think he was the league's top scorer last season, and even then, it didn't appear as though that was going to be the case at all. You know how prolific he is, and it's the simplest of finishes because it's made so easy by his teammates, and he's unmarked in the box, virtually ahead of goal. I don't think it is a Nielsen thing. I don't think Nielsen can be blamed for that because beside him, Suter and Kingsley start sprinting. They know that they've got no chance, but... Suter, Suter especially just takes off trying his hardest he's, he ends up like 10 yards behind uh, Edward because that isn't his man so I don't think it is anything to do with like tactics and Robbie being like oh like well it's going to happen at some point because the other defenders are doing everything they can to stop that whereas Halkett just didn't look arsed I'm not saying that Halkett wasn't bothered about the result of course I'm not saying that it's just that in that moment, it, it kind of summed up Halkett's Hart's career. We expect so much more, but you can't even get like basic things right at times. I, I think that's a pretty fair summary, to be honest. It seems as though I th- that was just so, what, 1920 Craig Halkett yeah. rather than, yeah. you know, 21, 22 or whatever this is. It's just... Yeah. It just looks like a Livingston centre half rather than a Harvard-Lodian yeah. centre half there. And yeah, yet, do you know, again, is it a mindset thing in that last week he sort of feels as though he's got that leeway because he's churned out a decent performance. I'm sorry, this is Harvard-Lodian football club. You've got to be at it every week. There's no, there's no easy three points round here or in this case, you know, we've been dealt virtually the trickiest draw imaginable. So go out there and, and prove us wrong and prove that we are to be taken seriously. Don't don't surrender the first goal as easy as that. And to be honest, 
it, it's easy saying that and singling him out, but it had been coming, and I don't put it yeah. solely down yeah. to him. But not at all. when it is as easy as that, that is what makes it frustrating. Well, five minutes later, the game is kind of put to bed. Um, I, I'm interested to see your thoughts on this one because Halkett's involved again, but I actually don't think it's Halkett's fault with this one. So, a corner ends up being played. Furuhashi takes oh, it very quickly. God. Plays it to Edward, who gives him it back. Cochrane and Kingsley, and I think Benny as well, coming in on the other side, are trying to shut down the cross. We don't. The ball gets swung in, and Stephen Welsh rises above Halkett and puts it in the bottom right-hand corner. Now, before I let you speak on this, I just want to say, I do not blame Alex Cochrane, Stephen Kingsley, Benny Baningime, Craig Halkett, or Craig Gordon for that goal. Because the three outfield players try to stop the cross, or at least try to stop the cross. They're at least trying to do something. They fail, but they at least do something. Craig Gordon, it's point-blank range. If he'd saved that, it would have been one of his best saves he's ever made. And Craig Halkett, yes, he gets beaten in the air and gets beaten physically, but that happens all the time. That's a 50-50 thing. Like, I, Halkett still at least tried to do it. Who I blame for that goal is Michael Smith, Peter Herring, John Souter, Andy Halliday, Liam Boyce, Gary McKay-Steven, because they are talking to each other. They haven't realised the corner's been taken yet. When the ball gets swung in, Herring is stood away and is looking at GMS, telling him to get into position. Suter is turning to try and find out what he wants to do from Gordon, and the ball's already in the air. And Halkett, after it turns, and just goes ballistic at them. Now, Halkett was at fault for that first goal, but he's fully within his rights to go ballistic at the rest of the team. Because, like you said there, what was so frustrating about the first goal is that, yes, we'd been terrible, and yes, we'd been inviting everything, but it technically was working. It was still nil nil, and it was a, a momentary oh. lapse that knackered that. No, I'm saying no. I'm not. What I mean I, by that is no. I, I you can get, go. I get what you mean, but are you really? Are, you know, I'm asking myself: Are you happy with that? I'm no, not. no, no. That's no. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, even we, if we, we shut them out use... and had done our job up to that point, I know exactly what you mean. I'm just not yeah. happy with that whole outset and that initial game plan. No, one hundred percent. I fully agree. I just mean that what that makes it even worse because it's like right, you've even doing the game plan that is terrible, but then yeah, it's the individuals still, that yeah, yeah exactly. The it's goals individual are still errors, one hundred percent. And the game was kind of dead at that point. I think it was a carbon copy of the COVID Cup final. We go into halftime. 2-0, you're thinking, how is this only 2-0? It should be 10-0. Easy. What What were you thinking at halftime? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on the second goal because I just... Yeah, of course. I, we're so slow to prepare. If, yeah. you, if you'd have seen anything about Celtic under Postacoglu so far, it's that, you know, they don't... What's the best way of putting this? They're always sort of looking to take advantage in your lapses of concentration. Mm -hmm. They're always trying things quickly. They're always trying to catch you out. They're intense. You know, they go at it full throttle. So we needed to be as well. The fact that we're not switched on and aware of a set piece, one of their biggest threats, because let's be frank, they've got some big boys in there. And even then, Stephen Welsh is virtually the only one that's in a realistic chance of scoring. 
you know, I think there's a couple bodies ghosting in at the, at the back stick, if I remember. Maybe one on the edge of the box. He's the primary and arguably sole target. And yet they still find him with such ease. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, at half time I'm thinking, I, I thought exactly what I tweeted. You know, it was as embarrassing as it was predictable. And have Hearts even touched the ball in Celtic's half or held on to the ball for any length of time because it certainly did not feel like that. It felt as though the only possession that we actually had was taking the kickoffs after they'd scored. That was it. Yeah. Like, it was genuinely appalling. And I cannot excuse... I, ca- I can't forgive anybody for, you know, winning the second half 2-1 and trying to get back into the game. We know that Celtic are a good side. I don't care if they're in transition or whatnot. It's up here. It's a mentality thing. We know that they're going to be a different animal at Parkhead. We've poked the bear or whatever by beating them in the league. Like I alluded to earlier, they're scoring goals for fun. And we're just asking for it. Inviting pressure against a side that are potent going forward. I know they've got their difficulties at the back. And on another day, we could look to take advantage of that. And in my eyes, should look to take advantage of that. But is that solely down to the system and the game plan? I, I don't think it is. Well, this is where I think, from now on, we're going to have some interesting discussions. Because up until this point, I've fully agreed with every single thing you've said. I I can only really echo that. Um, the first half is one of the worst first halves I can remember us having. Which is saying something, by the way. It is saying something. <laughs> um, it was just... It was just in how little we even touched it. Never mind created anything. It was just how, like, physically how little we touched the ball. But, second half starts and Josh Danelli comes on. Josh Danelli comes on immediately and we we look different. We start playing a different system and immediately Gino looks on it. Gino looks like he's wanting to take the ball He's wanting to drive forward. I think within the first 45 seconds, he gets the ball down, runs and hits the byline. Nothing comes of it, but it was a statement. Uh, Five minutes later, he nutmegs Greg Taylor and gets it past another one, goes to play it off. I just want to quickly mention, I spoke last week about how I was eating humble pie and that Andy Halliday was really impressing me. I have always said I never want him to play against the old firm, ever. I just don't want him to because he never turns up in these games. I also have said I never want him to play centre mid. I only like him from left wing back. He, Everybody was terrible in that pitch for most of the game. He was especially bad because what you what we're always told about Andy Halliday is that, right, yeah, listen, you're not going to get much technical out of him. However, he's the tough tackling. You'll get the ball back when you need him to, when you need to try and get a foothold in the game. Did he... Did he make a challenge? I remember him getting halved by Furuhashi. Did he make? Did he do anything? Did he, he touch the ball? You could argue that for most most of our outfield players, to be honest. One hundred percent. But I don't expect Alex Cochran to be winning us the game in the middle of the park. Herring was at least going ballistic at people. He was still terrible. Benny was. We'll get on to Benny's second half performance in the first half. Benny was at least trying something. Whenever the three times he got the ball, it was allowed to. Halliday 
I just don't remember seeing him until he came off. That's the first <laughs> I time remember, I remember seeing him. I don't remember him. seeing most of our starting eleven, to be honest. Unless it was one hundred percent. Unless it was them being carved open time after time, and you know, like that forty-five minutes just passed me by. Mm-hmm. And it passed I'm, fucking Andy Halliday by. You know, I'm fully aware that I was out Saturday night. I woke up on Sunday feeling fresh. And even then, a little bit fatigued, but fresh. And I still can't remember a single thing. Like, it was... It was mental. So, I don't I don't think there's any point in singling out any individual, to be honest. What, what I thought you were going to ask me was, do you really think he's injured? To which I would then reply, no. Because we've also talked about how Stephen Kingsley was ill. How Josh Janelli's had a bug. Josh Janelli in that second half didn't look like somebody that had a bug. I so, will say they have had bugs. They've put on it. Like Stephen Kingsley looked very unwell on his Instagram <laughs> during the week. <laughs> like he didn't look well. I, Josh, I, may, they, I maybe need to start stalking him on Instagram then. But yeah, I'm not. I, I just feel as though it's such a such a cop out. And I know that's rich coming from me that sided with you in the Celtic prediction last week. But as, as am I really thinking that? A player is going to be ill week by week, and now Halliday's injured. It just something doesn't sit right with me there. I've got, I'm sorry, I've got to be honest. I just wait. I'm not buying. I it. will say though, that's how illnesses work. They go from one person, <laughs> then they'll go to another person. No, no, like <laughs> if no, the but... last eighteen months has taught us nothing, it's that illnesses are contagious. Yes, but around the same time period, surely there's not like a week's gap between. Like, but we don't know when Josh was ill. Josh could have been okay. ill during the week okay, and well, he was well, feeling well, Robbie, better. Well, Robbie, well, Robbie said, I think even even after the game, that Josh was ill with a bug. So does that imply on the day? Does that imply over the past few days? I don't know. It, to I me, would argue that implies the past few days. I would right. very much right. argue that. Okay, okay so, so if he's not ill enough to start... Or, if he's not well enough to start, then how is he well enough to make the bench? But this this is what I want to get into. Because right, okay. the discussion online has been that Josh Ginelli put in a very good second-half performance. Ironically, Ginelli's actually not been great the last few weeks, and then he came on and had probably it, his best performance of the season. Isn't it amazing when you've actually got an attacking threat and an outlet? I mean, who would have thunk it? Wow. Well... Incredible. Gino, Gino did very well in attempting to get us back into the game as he put pressure on Greg Taylor, who played the ball back to Carl Starfelt, who I will say, Carl Starfelt has, has. We've scored four goals against Celtic this season. He has been at fault for all four of those goals. I would just like to say this for a £5 million player or whatever it is. Seems like I know, the blind scouts at Celtic are back. You know, first it was Barkas, yeah. now it's this boy. You know why? I know he's why would they not better, go for like Suter or somebody? If I was Celtic, yeah. I'd be, I'd be looking to do a deal with Hearts for John Suter, one hundred percent. But that's well, just, that's just my personal opinion. Starfelt gets caught at his feet. Boyce does what Liam Boyce does. He's constantly there. He nips in. Starfelt kicks him in the leg. Liam Boyce scores the penalty. Boyce is now five goals. He's halfway to his own personal target already, and we're only three league games in. Um, at this point, what were you thinking? Because we'd been playing about twelve minutes. We 
we actually looked like we were having a go. Did you think, right, if we continue this, we can get back into it? Or did you think immediately, no, this isn't going to lead to anything, we're just going to get beat still? No, I thought uh, Liam Boyce is that good that he's been starved the service for 45 minutes and he's still scored. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting, to be honest. Uh, even then, I felt like the penalty really came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you mentioned a, a Josh Janelli chance where I think he plays his over. Or was that the one that he plays wide? He, he smashed one over later on. Yes. Um, this might have been the one that, that went wide. But yeah, that was basically it up to that point. I'm thinking... Mm-hmm. I, there was a small part of me that thought it would be absolutely hilarious if Hearts somehow managed to hold themselves level, having been non-existent for three quarters of an hour. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get that impression for for the most well, part, mate. I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I just, again, like, like I said earlier, you know, a 45 minute and two goal head start. I mean, it's it's tough enough going to Parkhead at nil nil with 90 minutes to play. Never mind 2-0 down with a half still to go. And potentially extra time if you somehow miraculously come back from two goals down. Well, it wasn't to be as, like, six minutes later or something like that. Is it a Gordon goal kick that just kind of ends, or is it a Halkett pass that just goes into the middle of the park? Now you're asking. Basically, Celtic win the ball in the middle of the park. I felt as though it was us from the back trying to get it forward. I I think it was. I I can't remember if that was right. I really don't. I don't know. Basically, either way, you know, Celtic get the ball on it. Yeah, Celtic get the ball in the middle of the park. Furuhashi steps back onside, gets it played to him. He fires a shot, and listen, we're not going to spend too much time in this because he he was our man in the match. He kept us in it. Craig Gordon's had a bit of a nightmare. It's it looks like it's going wide. Obviously, Gordon doesn't know that, so he sticks his hands up. It hits off his his right hand, and it ends up going in. Furuhashi gets the goal. His performance definitely deserved. He definitely deserved a goal. Um, and game's dead at that point. Game's completely dead. Yeah, pretty pretty much. Um, yeah. Don't know what else you want me to add. I mean. Even the ball, sort of to Furuhashi initially, we seem to be playing him on, you know, at Kingsley and Halkett both appear to be playing him onside. He stands still, and yet, you know, has that awareness that he's now back onside, and it just looked so easy. And I saw John Suter get labelled with, you know, criticism with regards to the goal. That's absolutely not John Suter's fault. John Suter is fully aware that Furuhashi is behind him. What he's not aware of, and okay, then this may lead to a little debate, is the fact that Kingsley and Halkett are playing him on. But what can Suter do when Furuhashi is quick enough off the mark as it is to then have a 5-10 yard head start and then the, the finish the match? Okay, Craig Gordon could be at fault, but like you say, has kept it in or has kept us in it with a number of decent saves. Um, I didn't actually feel as though he was our man of the match. I, I, probably speaks volumes that Josh Janelli only played a half and could be in contention for it. But I thought Benny's second half performance was good, and I had various Celtic mates saying that boy from Everton because nobody can be asked trying to say Beningimi or Banningimi 
um, looks a player and he does and like I tweeted it'll be a, a sad sad day when he inevitably moves on because he ain't going to stick around um, yeah I just then it was just a case of oh well that's any last tiny um, remaining amount of hope just taken out of us with what I think it's still then 25 minutes to play yeah, um, I, I would say add an extra person to throw into the man of the match display. There's no many to choose from. I'd probably say Gordon just because of how he kept set, but Benny's second half was fantastic. He, he really, really came into it second half. Gino obviously made such a big impact. I just thought Alex Cochran did really well. I thought Cochran additionally has... There's a number of times where Cochrane makes the final block before it transcends and I saw he had the best interception rate, best defensive blocks and most aerial duels won and he's not exactly a big guy either. So I, I thought he was consistent. Obviously he was part of a back line that conceded three. So like... To be fair, they should, have conceded, they should have conceded ten. Yeah, 100%. Um, but that is you're, you're spot on there's there's not much else to speak about Benny as we've just said really did come into it he kind of kept that Celtic midfield quiet for the remaining of the game obviously Celtic are 3-1 ahead they don't need to push as much as they did in the uh, first half we do come into the game a bit more we started to have more possession but of course as I say it has that massive caveat of too little Celtic too late. don't need to be put yeah too little too late and Celtic don't need to be pushing us Celtic are fine for Celtic did what we did to them in the first game of the season where it was like yep yeah, fine you have it, the ball in your half we don't care the worst thing was they didn't even really sit on it it was just so lacklustre yeah. you know the tempo was then just killed off and then I'm just starting to think there's so much more I could have done with my Sunday afternoon yeah, definitely. Jamie Walker comes on, does absolutely fuck all. Aaron McInef comes on. To be fair, this is something that I will say. What are the likes of Walker and McInef meant to do, realistically? Well, McInef scored. Right, okay. With what? 30 seconds to go. Still scored, on, though. I'm on, not, on, I get your point. On, I'm on, not on, making on, a big on, distinction. On one of few occasions where we actually you know, went forward and looked like scoring. It's a good goal. Yeah, I'm and, yeah, it is. and, and take, take, take nothing away from him but you know what does it matter it's like no definitely I am um, I did see that like oh. there I'm not going like McInef had an amazing impact Walker had a shit <laughs> no. impact no but what I'm saying is the agenda yeah I will say Walker did nothing like he did abs- I, I didn't even realise it come on until he just sclaffed a shot miles over the button I was like I was oh, in that, Walker's I was in that on. same boat to be honest it, it, yeah. was only, it was only when I heard Walker in commentary I was then like did I did I miss that like when yeah. I couldn't even tell you who he replaced look at that look at that um, so <laughs> it speaks absolute volumes about the match in its entirety just an absolute shit show from start to finish and it's down to solely us you know I, it's not even even if you looked at the League Cup on the whole, the fact that we got this tie was solely on us. Down to six hours against Stirling Albion, Peterhead, Cove Rangers and Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Didn't concede a goal, great, okay, but fell short. And ultimately then fell into the bracket of being an unseeded team, getting possibly the worst seeded side to draw at their place 
And yes, we could talk about, you know, St Mirren being gifted that win, which they were. But again, like I pointed out, Dundee United won one of their games 6-1. Surely we've got that within us to, you know, replicate a similar scoreline against one of the jobbers that I mentioned earlier. But we can't even muster that. So, we've only got ourselves to blame for the group, the draw, and the match, the knockout match. So, obviously, yeah, as we just said there, McNeff scores at the end, but it's in the last 30 seconds. The game finishes 3-2. Somehow. This is this is where I want to have, Yeah, somehow. The fact that that is one of our like better results at Parkhead is insane. Because it was oh, like that's... we have played far better and got like and been beaten 4 0, 5 0 and stuff like that. And you kind and it's like, oh I forgot it, we deserved that on that day. This was the day where we deserved to get beat 10 0 and it's like we only lost at Parkhead by a goal. What is happening? But that still doesn't excuse the performance. No, it does it's just fun it's funny. That's what I mean. I'm reasoning it because it's funny. Like, it's so, it's so hard to have the worst performance we've had in years to then go, but it was actually, like, the best result we've had in terms of a loss. Because I've seen us get beat 5-0 at Parkhead. A loss is a loss. No, I know. I'm not saying it's a positive. I'm saying it's funny. I find that really funny. I burst out laughing <laughs> at the final whistle. I, I've, I've found it funny how angry I was. See, I wasn't as 40, angry. No, that first 45 is a disgrace. I was angry at the first 45. I was, ang- I was, I was angry at the first human. 45. And even then, when I'm watching us attempt to get back into the game, you know, the boys' penalty, I'm still angry. Yeah, okay, cool. We've, uh, theoretically speaking, clawed ourselves back into the game, but so what? It's too little too late. And I don't know whether, so. that, I don't know whether that's down to the 11 on the park, whether that's down to the man in the dugout and his coaching staff, whether it comes down to our mentality as a club, like, who, who is at fault for Sunday? Because I was thinking it's Robbie with the mindset, the way he's set up, but he can't be held, he can't be held to ransom for individual errors or mm-hmm. for you know the mindset that's been created at Hearts for years of we're practically beaten as we get off the coach like it just I said it on Twitter and I said it earlier it honestly was as embarrassing as it was predictable you just knew it and it worries me for the future because what what will change I want us to be having a chance of winning at Parkhead, of winning at Ibrox. I couldn't tell you when that next win's coming along. No way. Certainly not this season. I'd, I'd be willing to bet with every single jambo that I know that we will not win at either Parkhead or Ibrox this season. And certainly not if we continue to implement such a negative game plan with a stupid system that we've never played before and that we thought would work. So let's get the checkbook out. Granted, we've taken our time to identify these players. Let's chase them up, get them signed, and have that little bit more strength and depth so that we can actually, you know, instill a, a kind of mentality or a philosophy and try and go and win football matches. Let's have the opposition worry about us rather than worry about what Celtic are going to do to us or whoever in this league. So this is where I want to get into a discussion about it because I think everything you've said there is totally valid. I think because it's not really up for debate. Like our record in Glasgow is terrible, 
We're, we're even shit at fucking Mary Hill. Like, we've got a Barrick was we usually rubbish at all. We were talking about Paisley the other week. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, nine years! Yeah. Like, 2012 to 2021. We've got cheek to call ourselves the third biggest club in the country. But this, so then, this is the thing. I think everything you said there was totally valid. At the same time, though, I, do, I don't understand why, why this has now been viewed as a crisis point. I want to know your opinion on this. Because with the react, some of the reaction, right? Because everybody should be annoyed after that game, right? Everybody should be like, that was awful. We shouldn't play like that again this season. Even when we go to Parkhead next in the week, we shouldn't play like that. That, that shouldn't have happened in the first place. We shouldn't need that. We shouldn't need to play like that to learn that lesson. We should know that lesson already because should have every it back Hearts in December. fan, exactly, every Hearts fan, if you ask them, would go, "What's the worst thing you can do? It's let Celtic cover the ball and sit deep," and that's what we did, right? But at the same time, I don't. I just don't understand why people were like, "Well, that's it. We're back to being shit." We're, we've got no chance this season. This has proved it. We're, Nielsen needs to leave. We need to rip up the team and stuff like that. And it's like, I just think that's weird to have that reaction. Be furious. Be fucking raging. Go. Nielsen deserves so much criticism for that game. He totally does. He got it wrong completely. He, he can't hide from that. I don't think calling for his head after that game is sensible, though. I don't think it's reasonable. I don't think it's merely this game, though. And I, don't, I, and I, I know, get that I, point, I, right? I, I, I know that we'd spoken about sort of leeway with regards to fixtures this season and how it's, he's been handed a tough start. Ultimately, you know, the, the Celtic game at Tynecastle, it was primarily lucky. There's an element no, see, of I, dis- I disagree. Involved. No, see, I don't, I don't like this attitude where when Robbie does well, people go, oh, well, either it was lucky or you got... Or like individual right, okay. people were great. Well, 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 I was going to praise him for the substitutions in that game, mm-hmm. which ultimately yeah. then proved the difference. And I'll give him Paisley last week. The the Premier Sports Cup is a bit of an anomaly because let's face it, it's all lower league sides. You or I could pretty much gather or like guide us through those. But the two. But he still did do it. He still did do it. Like Come you can't on. just ignore them. Oh. You can't just ignore them when Wraith are knocking out Aberdeen and Dundee United are getting taken to penalties by it. You can't right, ignore okay. games that okay. happen. Well, Wraith aren't in the same division as Peterhead, Cove Rangers and Stirling Albion. That's, that's no, of course, three but Inverness of the group. Are. Right, okay. Who, yeah, who, no. we, who we battered, granted only beat 1-0, did batter, but at home. I mean, Wraith probably did to Aberdeen what we like to do against bigger sides and that's Mm -hmm. sort of box them in at home you know Starks Park's quite a wee arena as well yeah so and and again a plastic park I I hate using a surface excuse because ultimately it's the same for both teams but Wraith are more accustomed to playing on that than Aberdeen Mm -hmm. so you've got to use everything to your advantage I just I, I really don't know there was a part of me that was thinking He's beginning to prove me wrong. Yes, I'm still questioning the substitutions, but in hindsight, I'm using it and thinking, well, do you know what? They've actually worked well for us. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good tactical move. It just seemed like he'd just undone all of that with that first 45 with something that should have been learned back in December. I, I agree with that. I think it's very harsh to say 
all of that's undone by a 45. If that 45 was at home to Peterhead, I'd get that. See if that see if that half was at home in Motherwell, I'd get that. But I don't understand why we're basing our opinion on whether or not a manager should be in the dugout by our performances in Glasgow. That's not me saying he doesn't deserve criticism. So many people were like, oh, so you just think Robbie should be fine with that? No, Robbie should be held accountable for that game. And it will now be a game that people look back on and go, look at that, that's awful. He said when people... we want to go there and win. That didn't look now, like a side that wanted to go there and win of course. in the first three quarters of an hour. No, when, no chance. When people were replying to me, because I said that on Twitter, I was like, I can't believe that people are using this game as a reason behind wanting Neil Snow. And I had two replies from it from people who disagreed with me. One of them was, well, it was so awful it deserves it. And I just disagree with that. I just disagree. Not that it was that awful. Was terrible. That, yeah. That, that, yeah, it was the worst performance I've had in a long time. One of the worst Hearts performances I've seen in my entire life. That first 45 was awful. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying, I disagree, then you should just sack him. But it's not but just secondly, one game, is it? No, but this is the thing. This was the thing. Other people went, but it's a combination of other things. But when does that stop? Is that it now? Is it whenever Robbie Nielsen loses a game, people go, he should have gone then because he didn't go then. He's here now. He's not going to get set. So I saw some people be like, Aberdeen's huge now. Why? Why is it huge now? It was huge. It was big anyway. It's, yeah, it's Aberdeen. It, it, it's a big game. To be game. fair, it was always big. Yeah. But, but that, is doesn't enra- that has enraged the fans when he's already pissed a lot of us off. But this is... But I just Down don't to know previous what... results and performances. But then why don't previous positive performances counterbalance that? That's what I just want to know. Oh, I don't oh, understand. Oh, oh, oh. Because by that logic, why have managers... Because Pep Guardiola just lost the Champions League final and in the first game back in the in the league, they just got beat by a Spurs side who don't look good and without their and best player. And they lost player. the Community Shield. Exactly. <laughs> Pep Guardiola's in the worst run of his Man City career. Does that now mean, oh, well, even if you go and win the next 10 games, you still lost those three games, so therefore, what's the point? Right, I okay. just don't understand. G- g- give me your last... or In this... In this in Robbie's second tenure, give me five mm-hmm. positive performances. That you Both Wraith games... Oh, come on, Wraith Rovers! Is that the right, level that we're stooping to? And don't right, say that it's only that's you can only beat what's in front of you. So I can only pick five games because we've only played five non-lower league opposition. <sighs> right. Okay. Well, I so that's wait. what I mean. Right. Oh, that just makes oh. no sense. You're saying you're saying Robbie's second tenure, eighty-eight percent of games he played was lower league slash championship opposition. Right. Okay. So what's he meant to do? Right. So we've been knocked out of both cups last season by by. A part, part-time teams, two yes. part-time teams, one of whom were non-league. Yes, but what? But this is the thing. Is this just it now? Is this what we're going to speak about every single time he loses? It's going to be oh, not we every, got beat off Not Aberdeen. every single time he loses. But if we mentioned it last week, if we'd have given a good account of ourselves and lost, yeah, we'd be disappointed, and yes, you know, upset, whatever. But there was no expectation, so it was in essence a free hit. It's such a shite bag, you know, mentality and way to go about it. Sitting in and hoping of the off chance that we'll hit Celtic on the counter. But that's, I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing is why should that then determine his future at the club? When it's, a, when it's off the back of a 12-game winning run. Oh, he did the bare minimum last season. But that's, 
this is where we are. This is where the fan base says we're just going in circles because Robbie. Can, <laughs> the only way, so so the only way Robbie can get that off his back is by winning the Scottish Cup. Then that's it. We could finish third and folk will go. Well, you didn't win a trophy. You didn't do anything. No, I'd, you still I'd, lost I'd, to. I'd, I'd take third. I'd take. I know, I'd take third but what I'm that. saying is, what I'm saying is, so many people were replying to me going, "It's because of Brora. It's because of Aloha. It's because of Queen of the South. It's like." But he didn't go then. So why is it that those games are... Go- so are those games just going to be brought up whenever he loses? Is it going to be, look, he lost to... So insert Aberdeen, we're playing them this weekend. <laughs> See, he lost to them. He yeah. also lost to those teams. So therefore he should be sacked. I just don't get what he can do. Wait, I am I am not defending Robbie after yesterday. Right? That sounds like uh, As we record this. No, I'm defending him as a Hearts manager, though. My headphones have gone. Sorry. I'm defending him as a Hearts manager because I think he should be our manager. I am not That's defending you that don't want Derek performance. McInnes, though, or anybody. I like don't him. want. I don't want Derek McInnes. I don't want a lot of people. My point is, is that Robbie oh. seems to be on a hiding to nothing. Robbie seems to be whenever he wins, people go. Yeah, but Gino was class. Boyce has won it for us. Boyce and Paisley. People go, aye, but he got away with it in Paisley. Boyce bailed us out. Or the substitutions he made really helped that game and we won the game because of his tactical awareness. That's what I was going to say, his subs. Because his subs have been good. Yeah, 100%. I will will give him praise in that respect. But I, I I don't see how you can back him after that. First forty-five. You know, because surely we've got to have a bit more ambition than that. No, this is the thing. I I can back him after that first forty-five in terms of being the manager. I don't back that performance because I. Do you not feel as though there's going to be loads more of them to come though? So no. it, make, it makes you wonder what's the point. Make, see if it's at Celtic Park, then maybe I and I'll be annoyed at that. Right? See if it's in Glasgow. I will, and I'll, I, maybe I do expect that, and I will be annoyed at that. But if we judged and decided our manager's fate by how we do in Glasgow, we would never have a manager. <laughs> Jim Jeffries, our best manager in our history, in recent history, got battered 4 0 at Celtic Park. It, it wouldn't just suddenly be like, oh, it doesn't matter about what you've done previously, Jim. You did that, so therefore go. Sergio. Also got beat in Glasgow, but oh, it doesn't matter, Sergio. I can that you've beaten Hibs repeatedly, but you lost in Glasgow, so therefore that. I understand the manner of that first 45 was awful. I don't understand the people going, that game was awful, so Nielsen out. That's mental to me. Because it's just proved so negative. Maybe the, maybe the five positive performances in, in the second tenure question was harsh. But five, Very harsh. Five, I will say five, that. Five positive performances across both these tenures. Oh well, Rhodes. Then I could. How long have you like, got? Like, right. Okay. Just give me. Just give me five semi-recent ones. What do you define as semi-recent, though? Like that's because <laughs> toward the back end of his first spell, I'll give you. Okay, his last game where we beat Rangers at home and go second. Was that that was pretty great. It was great, but was that no. positive on the whole? Yes! I would argue, I yes. Mm. I think Rangers this is the a, thing. a couple of big chances that night, if I remember correctly. But they didn't, exactly, but they missed them, and we scored, and we won 2-0. This is the thing. This season especially, this season especially, for me, oh. it's all about results. See, if we get every single game this season, 
and we win them all 1-0 by the skinny of our teeth and we go this is awful this is awful we didn't get but a result finish. the weekend so how no, but so how can you be pleased I'm not but this is the thing that people are missing I'm not pleased that we got knocked out I'm also not just going to be a child and throw all the toys out the pram and go right let's get rid of them and let's sack half the team no, because I'm, that I'm not isn't saying, I'm not saying to get rid of them I think the but talent, so I, many people I, were. I, I think the talent's there and that the talent ought to be used differently for these types of games because it's that's, a free hit. That's, that's totally the, fair. That's the point I'm trying to make and it's so that's, infuriating that, you know, does he not, does he have no awareness of how angry the fan base actually are? I'm starting to I doubt it at this point. Because I don't think he cares think... because no manager cares. No manager cares about... He can't. He can't care. Look at Benitez just now at Everton, right? Benitez can't care about how angry his entire fan base is. Just as well he has he to go off to a good start. Right. This is the thing. There was a cut there because Adam hit his microphone out and we had to... In sheer rage. <laughs> yes, in anger, right? This is, this, is my, this is my closing statement before the panel. I think... Robbie Nielsen got it disastrously wrong at the weekend. I think that we agree on. He couldn't have got it more wrong. Mm -hmm. I think we need to buck up our fucking ideas when we go to Glasgow as a club. I'm not saying Robbie Nielsen. I mean, as a club, we need to change something that is in our mentality that makes us just be atrocious in Glasgow, right? That's the point. What I disagree with is going, right, we played terribly there, Nielsen needs to go. <sighs> See? See, I've went calm on you. I've went calm and it's ruined you. It's derailed everything you were going to do because you were getting ready to go ballistic again, I could tell. No, because you know I'm not... I'm not as bad I know as you're not... I will, say, I will say this, by the way. I know I'm not really speaking to you in terms of... I know that you're not saying you want Nielsen out on the back of that game. I know you're not saying that. I, I'm more kind of saying it because I have had people tweet me saying Because you know what he does? He pulls the wool over my eyes. This, this is the frustration that I have. There's a part of me that's... Even the Celtic game at home, there's a part of me raging that he takes GMS and Ginelli off, but he gets bailed out with a last-minute winner in my thinking. So then I'm like, all right, okay, I'll give him that bit of leeway. Then he guides us to our first win in Paisley and God knows how long. I'm like, yes. Oh my god, we might be onto something here. And that like Am I being brainwashed or what is going on? Cause this is just is it's like it's like he's treating me like a side chick. You know, he's buying me flowers, he's it's like a card, like do you know what I mean? He's like treats like every weekend and then he goes off to see his actual bird and I'm left here just fantasizing about him and no I know he's cheating but I'm still attached. That's honestly what it feels like, and it's doing my boxing. That is, what a I can't. I cannot think of another analogy that fits that any better. Because he just irritates the life out of me. But yet well, here you know I am, what? actually thinking that we might be onto something, given that start to the season. Yet that's. I was about to say, yeah, that's just been undone by that first 45. And you were going to go nuts. <laughs> I was going to go mental again, because that's insane. That. Right. That's right. honestly how it feels. Right. We're drawing a line under it. We both agree on some things and disagree on some things, right? What we can agree on 
is that this weekend is a game that we both want to win. And that we spraffed a lot of absolute nonsense just there to just, I don't know, try and... Try and release the tension, relieve some pressure. Oh, this is... Oh, this is this is so annoying. He has to win at the weekend. Right. Even though you've just said earlier the game has not been made <laughs> any bigger. I'm only joking. I just wanted you. I thought I wanted to see what you said. Right. But if we go out and batter Aberdeen, again, you'll have just bought me another set of flowers. Ge- right. Here's a genuine question then. See if we go out and batter Aberdeen. See if we win 3 0 and it's one of those games where it's like, bloody hell, we're free flowing. Do you understand how frustrating it'll be for me to see loads of folk be like, yes, we're class again? Oh, yeah. It's like. Well, yeah. just have some consistency, lads. That's yeah, all. But, so that's is that not the fickle nature of the football thing? It is, but I think I just think Robbie gets it. I think people are more fickle towards Robbie and people's expectations to an extent because yes, you know we we always get carried away as Hearts fans. I we're try pro- not to. No, but we're probably both guilty of it. Let's be honest. Yeah, one hundred percent. So I thought the treble was on me. I mean, I was just going to settle for a double. Um, hey, that's what we're still going to do. We're going to set, we're top of the league. Yeah, for now. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway, we're going to speak now about the Aberdeen game. Oh yeah. Also, John Suit is getting a new contract. Hopefully, we don't know much about it. Nielsen's confirmed it's starting. Just waiting on the announcement. Please sign. I love you. Please, please do. Uh, however, you don't know this is happening, but. I'm springing a surprise on you. You Go need on. to be held accountable. Oh, God. What for? In the past week, you have been atrocious on social media. <laughs> oh, I know what's coming here. I thought you forgot. Ah, oh, shit. No, I have been waiting all week for this because <laughs> I wake up, I'm on, I'm on my holidays. I had a week off, so I wake up a wee bit later. Hope you had a great birthday, mate. Thank you very much. It's much appreciated. Don't try and get away from this. I then joined... Uh, log on to Twitter. I think it was on my birthday, which makes it worse. <laughs> I, I can't actually it. remember. I can't remember. But I log on to the old Twitter and I see you just putting the worst tweets out about what new songs we could sing. And your first choice is the Celtic song. Can't well, explain. And, 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 and. Before I get you to explain yourself, we have had a request from a fellow podcaster in Tam from This Is My Story. We need to hear a rendition of each song that you said. Right, so. Um, in terms of explaining myself. Um, Sing the fucking song as- first. <laughs> As everybody knows, I, or should know, if you're a loyal listener, I work early mornings, um, and a colleague of mine was uh, playing some tunes, as he often does, um, shout out Mark, um, from the speaker, and uh, is it Depeche Mode? Yes. Uh, just Can't Get Enough came on, and so it goes... And in my head I go... Josh Janelli Josh Janelli And I thought that was quite good, but 
needless to say, what was the other one? It's, it's gone down horrendously. Um, oh, uh, oh, that Ian had lyrics. I, that was, had. I don't lyrics. want nobody. I don't want nobody, Benny, but you. Something about you, Benny, makes me think you're worth every penny. It's true. <laughs> That's somehow worse. That is genuinely somehow worse. And then, what you did was, you did that thing that people do on Twitter when they've been found out for having shit tweets and putting real in emojis as if you meant to do it when you didn't at all. It was genuine oh, no. claims. But, but it was hilarious seeing everybody bite. It wasn't biting. It was, it was you was putting biting. out a genuine thing and then going, oh, wait, shit. Nobody no, likes this. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, disappointed by the reaction. So I did try and convert it into, you know, a bit of piss taking and a bit of a laugh, but nobody, nobody seems to be in a laughing mood. So no, it no. speaks volumes about Hearts fans. I mean, there we are, riding high top of the league. Yay! But no. we're about to play Celtic, and you recommend <laughs> nicking their song. I just thought Josh Janelli's name fitted really well. Yeah, but the context, the context. Of yeah, it. but anyway, surely, surely it would aggravate Celtic fans if we nicked their song and just began singing it. We're not having this conversation. We're not having <laughs> this. I'm not <laughs> even entertaining good. this. This weekend, we're playing Aberdeen at home, and it's a very important milestone because it will be the first time since March 2020 when Motherwell came to Tynecastle that Hearts will be playing in front of a capacity crowd. I will be back in Tynecastle for the first time oh, since that day because I've no been getting the ballot. I dare hold it against you even though you've been there like eight times or something like that. Like some... Doesn't it matter? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't <laughs> matter. How, one, how are you feeling about the game? But two, how excited are you to be back in a full stadium? Obviously, you've been there, as we said, and you've been amongst like the 5,000. 5,000 sounded on TV like far more. It's going it, to be loads of Hearts fans. As well. Exactly. Good. Really good. There's also going to be 1,300 Aberdeen fans coming down, so it's properly going Nobody to be... Nobody cares about that. But it's properly... There's going to be a way fans you mean. to antagonise and shit. Ge- like. Yeah, it'll have a genuine feel as though it actually is back, but I couldn't care less about Aberdeen. I no, of course. I wish there was just Hearts fans. I wish it was oh, just yeah. 20,000 Hearts yeah, fans. Fully. That'd be class. Um, taking the Celtic approach, which they're not even allowing St Mirren fans in. This, and and this, this, this is a good point, actually, while we're sort of on this topic. The only team I want to see have an entire Roseburn stand is Hibernians. And that's yeah. it. So yeah, at least at least we're both in agreement there. We might not have agreed yeah, on a lot today, but that's one thing. Yeah, definitely. How do you feel? How are you feeling going in? Yeah, Aberdeen have had a weird season. They looked in very good against Dundee United then not very good and got very lucky against Livingston and then of course have been knocked out by Wraith they will be missing Johnny Hayes and someone else I can't remember who it is and I feel terrible I hope it's I'm Ramirez it is. But it's not it's not him because I would remember was, who it, was, it Ryan, was it Ryan Hedges did I see that somewhere oh maybe actually that rings a bell it might actually be Hedges he's, he's probably the biggest threat for me um, yeah no uh, how am I feeling this will come back to bite me quietly confident actually um, imagine you by the way saying all oh, the past 45 minutes like, going through this side of Robbie and then we come to the next game you're like I actually think we'll get a win like, yeah, not, not down to us just because like you say uh, like you say they've been knocked out the league cup by Wraith they also play Carabag in their 
conference oh, playoff on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Thus, yep. how the game's been moved to the Sunday. And they're also, obviously, with that Karabag tie, are headed out to Azerbaijan. So we've yep. got to hope that, you know, the flight and the general journey will fatigue hopefully creep in. I'd like to think so. Um, and I also see Stephen Glass has been rotating his Aberdeen team a lot. You know, you mentioned that Livingston win. I think it was something like six changes then. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd imagine with them playing in Europe, surely it's got to be a case of their strongest 11 against Karabag over in Azerbaijan. Perhaps we could see some rotation on the weekend at Tiny against us. And hopefully we can take advantage of that. So when I look at all the sort of factors in the lead up to the game, I, even despite you know how negative I've just been about the Parkhead performance, and a fact that are decent, we've got a decent recent record against Aberdeen at Tiny yeah. anyway. You know, everything seems to be adding up for a home victory. But I'm not going to scream from the rooftops about it. We'll just err on the side of caution, but but quietly confident. You kind of that exact same mindset. Um, hopefully, I'll see the return of the three four three. I don't understand why it wouldn't. Surely, it's got to why be I... the return of the three four three. I don't know what the reason Yeah, exactly. Um, the player I would drop would be Halliday for Ginelli. I'd might, start. Might be injured anyway. See, I didn't even hear this. I didn't even hear that. I'm, I'm fully hurt. convinced that I heard Robbie say post match that he, he had taken a slight knock. Oh, I, I whether, that. whether I buy that or not, I don't know. He did get halved by Furuhashi in fairness. Um, <laughs> um, I yeah. So I'd keep Cochrane. I'd keep the back five slash. Obviously, it's a three into the four. Uh, I'd keep that the exact same, and then I'd have Herring and Benny in the middle, and then the front three of Gino, GMS, and Boyce. Do you feel as though Mackinef could maybe work his way into that eleven, given his goal That's, at the weekend yeah. and the fact that at home we're probably slight favourites. I mean, I'm not checked the betting markets, but I'd imagine we're slight yeah, favourites. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's probably And perhaps fair, we're actually. expected to see more of the ball, create opportunities, etc. Do we really need Beningame and Haring at home in a two? Unless, if it's one of the old firm, I could maybe understand it, but I think I think against anybody else, we should be fancying our chances and maybe have a bit of a... Not that McInef's an out-and-out creative midfielder like that, but mm. he's certainly the most creative that we've got at our disposal. I just like hearing in Benny as a two... Because I just I think they're do. like fantastic on the ball. I just thought I'd pose the question. It's certainly a. It, it seems like it's actually a selection headache, which is quite nice. Definitely, I think it's a very positive thing that we can kind of have that discussion. Yeah. That because he he did make an impact by scoring, and I do get that point. The one thing I'd maybe worry about is that obviously in this system, especially at home in the three four three, Smith kind of also is an attacking midfielder because he just cuts in and does whatever and he wants. And Cochrane from time to time, if he's yeah. I feel like his is more a confidence thing, though. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but yeah, that's that's my main thing. I'm just so excited to be back. Got I'm I'm in a new seat. I've I've changed my seat for the season mm. ticket. I'm now in R. I'm now at the back at R, in the new stand. So that's gonna be great. Well, I'm in the main Love stand. It. Virtually the other side. I'm in N. So yeah, see, we'll be able to look at each other across the private box and wave. Our eyes will meet in either disgust or, you know, joy, sheer exactly. joy. It's going to be great. What is your score prediction? 
Um, I've got two one in my head. Yeah, Interesting. I, I, obviously that's that was, you know just the most basic scoreline, and the fact that we've won both our Premiership games already two one would be would be quite something to make it a third consecutive. But yeah, I just feel as though that's a generic but realistic scoreline because I'm worried about Ramirez. I'm worried mm. about Hedges if he's the one that's not injured. Yeah, probably should have done my research prior to this, but I was just Same. that frustrated with the Celtic game that I watched the highlights back in total disgust. Um, so, yeah, a couple of threats to be wary of, so they might nick one. Um, but I'm I'm saying we should have enough. What What are you thinking? I think it's going to be a really good game. I th- I think it could be really open just with the fans coming in. But I think it's going to be two all. I think it could be a lot of goals. Ooh. And just one of those games where it's just kind of everything happening and it ends up being just a draw. So would you be happy to settle for a point? No, I wouldn't. I, I, I'd expect us to win. But it depends on the nature. If you're 2-0 up and they bring it back to 2 all, it feels like a loss. If you're 2-0 oh, yeah, down absolutely. and absolutely. you get uh, to 2 all, it feels a lot better. But I, I, am actually, I am confident. I know I've just predicted a draw, but I agree with you. I do think we should have enough to beat them. Quietly, quietly confident. Yeah. So, thank you for listening to this. It's been a long one, but it was always going to be. Um, that was probably our biggest married couple argument we've had. <laughs> I'm dreading watching this back. I feel like I feel <laughs> the vast majority of that was awful, and we've probably completely wasted your time, but thanks for listening nonetheless. <laughs> exactly. We hope you have enjoyed it. Obviously... We've kind of come at it from, I wouldn't say two totally different perspectives because we agree, especially on that game, because we agreed with pretty much everything on that game. But it is always really interesting to kind of hear your guys' opinions. So please let us know what you thought of the game. Let us know what you think of Robbie in general. Very interested to hear. But we have been Perth to Paisley. You can get us on all the social medias at Perth to Paisley. It's below me on the screen on the YouTube version. That is also where you can get it for the audio listeners. As I just said, YouTube version, please like and subscribe. We're about to hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. That's really cool if you could get us over at that uh, kind of landmark. That would be great. So please go across there. Petapaisley at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Thank you, everybody, by the way, who like sent me tweets and emails. Wish me a happy birthday. It was much appreciated. Thank you, everybody. I think I'm going to get a lot of abuse for this episode, but... You might get some abuse, Adam, as well. Where can people send you abuse on social media? <laughs> they can send me abuse at any avenue uh, at Adam T. Kendall. Yourself, mate? I am at dmcaver 22 We'll be back next week to discuss any potential incomings or outgoings, hopefully a John Suter contract update, the Aberdeen game, and a whole host of other things. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Keep the faith. Mother Jai Tease! <laughs>